0: Good people and happy Saturday! Shout out to all of the podcast subscribers and the newsletter subscribers, and everyone who listens to the podcast. We have over 4,000 downloads with an international audience, and we are officially in Kenya, Romania, New Zealand, Mexico, Estonia, Bermuda, Australia, and the United Arab Emirates. So I just love y'all. Can I just, I I just, I love how everyone is supporting the podcast. Please share with your friends, family, neighbors, and your enemies because everyone needs financial information and a good boost of motivation, right? So remember to follow the podcast and like and comment on your favorite episodes so I know what to bring more of. Now, we're in like week three of the year right and i hope you all are staying on track with your budgets and your goals and i know some people are specifically brie who posted on instagram that she has officially paid off all four all four of her credit cards i think the last time i checked the average american has four credit cards so insert applause here um brie i am so so proud of you um y'all don't like i Obviously, I'm not going to tell y'all who Brie is exactly, but um Brie and I have had so many conversations about her future goals, and paying off her credit cards is just one step to her getting closer to those goals. So, sis, I cannot wait. You you know the goal that I'm talking about. I can't wait for you to roll up, and I, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that, but I'm so proud of her. She's killing it. If you are also um paying off credit card debt, your car your student loans, anything like that, if you're using the black girl budget tips and you are getting out of debt, you're investing, you're saving, comment, DM me on Instagram, TikTok, all those good things so I can also shout you out. But also I want people to know that these tips are not only working for me, they're working for other people and that anyone can use these tips and really Um, get their financial situation in order. It's going to be really important to start doing that now. So at the end of the year, you can see how far you've come. You can also get your black girl budget notebook. They're still on sale and shipping is still free. So you can write down where you are now. And then at the end of the year, you can compare and say, all right, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had $50 in my emergency fund. At the end of the year, I have a thousand. You really want to see how you have grown over time so that you're not getting stuck in a rut. So shout out to Bree. I'm so proud of her. Everybody else, I know y'all are doing well because y'all also DM me and comment stuff. So yeah, continue to do that. I promise I will shout y'all out. But most importantly, just to remind you that um, what you are doing is amazing. It is hard work and that someone out here is proud of you all. So speaking of paying off credit cards, today we are going to talk about how to prioritize your financial financial goals? And I get this question a lot. Nikki, how do I start? Where do I start? It's a common question because sometimes our finances are so all over the place that it's really overwhelming. So far in season two of the podcast, we've discussed the five necessities for financial success, three ways to recognize fake goals and four different ways to quantify your goals. So we've really created a strong foundation for our goals this year. So let's talk about putting those goals in order. And so we're going to start with number 1. Now, listen. I I know that I know y'all want some goals that you can run out and do, but a lot of this has to do with mindset. I'm I'm not going to get too much into mindset today, but I want you all to remember that Digging ourselves out of a financial hole or getting financial stability sometimes requires the mental work that we have to do. And it's not necessarily reviewing every bank statement or, you know, going out and getting four more jobs. Sometimes it is really starting with where we are right now and using the tools that we have right now. So the first thing we're going to talk about is controlling your spending. This is really something that you have to work on within yourself i i can't say hey ashley you need to work on controlling your spending and like you know zap it into her brain i I can't do that that is a decision that we have to make every single day when we wake up we have to say you know instead of spending money maybe i can knit a t-shirt i don't know take up free free underwater basket weaving or something like you have to make that decision every day when you wake up and say i'm not going to spend money today or i really don't need to purchase that i have food at home those are all ways that we are overspending and the spending power of black americans in the u.s was 1.4 trillion dollars I, like i can't even conceive of trillion but anyway $1.4 trillion in 2019, and it's expected to grow to $1.8 trillion by 2024. That's higher than Mexico's gross domestic product. That's a lot of money and power. Now, I'm not saying we can't shop, save, and invest at the same time. If you can afford to spend and your finances are in order, go for it. For those of us who are still working to get on track, this is your first step. So let's take a moment to imagine pouring water into a red Solo cup. Eventually, the cup will become full, right? Now, what if the cup has a a small hole in it the size of a grain of rice, but you keep pouring water into it? The cup may be full at some point, but it won't stay full. Now, let's say the hole is the size of a quarter and you're still pouring water into it. What if the hole is the size of one U.S. dollar? It will never happen, right? The cup represents financial stability, your financial stability. The water is all of the money that you're pouring into it, right? Into your emergency fund, your investing, your savings, whatever. The hole in your cup is your spending habits. That's what the hole represents. So how big is the hole in your cup? Be honest. How big is the hole in your cup? How much are you draining from your financial stability? You're holding this cup, right? It's your financial stability. But there's a hole in it. You're, just, you're spending money. And, and some of us have bigger spending problems than others. But at some point, your spending is going to, is going to drain your emergency fund. Because raise your hand if you're the person who transfers money from your savings or from your emergency fund to your checking account at least once a month. Now, put your hand down because I don't want people to to think y'all are out here being weird. But we've all been there before where we are transferring money from our emergency fund to our checking, from our savings account to our checking. And some of us, quiet as kept, are transferring and taking the penalty and transferring money from our 401ks or our IRAs into our checking because of the spending. And I don't care why you're spending so much money. But you're just draining it. You're draining your financial stability, right? So, so be honest with yourself for the next three seconds and, and try to really imagine one, if you have a hole in your cup, because some of us are, are good to the point where it's like, I don't really got one. I can control my spending. Some others are, are like, what cup? I, I didn't know we had cups. Where can I get one? So if that's you, be honest with yourself and every time, You think about spending money. I want you to imagine your cup. Is it a quarter? Is it a dollar? Is it a grain of rice? I want you to start thinking, if I buy this thing right now, what is going to be the benefit? Is it going to get me one step closer to my goal? And I don't care what that thing is. It could literally be you buying a car that you might not need or a car that's outside of your budget. It could be you eating out every single day and and not even eating out at like, you know, some place that you can afford but eating out $50 every single day. How big is the hole in your cup? You really you really want to be honest with that because it doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to. It doesn't matter how many books you read or how many no spend days you have if you're still just going to spend all of the money faster than what's coming in. And that's what the hole represents in your cup. You're pouring water into it at a certain rate, but you're spending money at either the same rate as water coming in or at a greater rate, right? Maybe at a smaller rate, but you're still spending it. So we need to plug up that hole. And it's like 12 times out of 10, it is going to be spending. And because we are so conditioned to spend money in a capitalist society, different talk for different episode but we are so conditioned to spend money there's so many advertisements everywhere you look instagram tiktok billboards tv netflix i remember i started counting the amount of um advertisements that i was seeing while driving to work every day i would lose count it was insane it was ridiculous so you you really every time you get ready to pull out your debit card you got to ask yourself is this swipe worth it is this swipe a quarter or a dollar size hole in my cup and even if you're using cash, that's fine. Every time you pull out your cash, is this purchase worth it? It's really what you, start to, uh, what you have to start asking yourself. And, and like I tell people, it's not that you're spending money. It's the accumulation of spending that money. So, so you can spend money, right? I, I will give you all an example in a second, but you can spend money. It's really when you start to overspend your money. So every month you need to determine the specific monthly amount that you are going to spend on yourself. So for me, I give myself $300, right? And we'll use me as an example. I give myself $300 a month to spend. Divide that by four weeks in every month. I have $75 to spend every month. Now, I posted this on TikTok the other day and somebody was like, sis, what is the secret? The secret is I've been doing this for a long time. And in the beginning, it was not easy. Actually, in the beginning... I only gave myself a hundred dollars a month, and I was spending twenty five dollars a week, and that was really challenging. Um, I don't know that I recommend it. I still haven't decided, but it was challenging because I really could only afford to go to dinner with my partner or go to lunch with my coworkers. That that was pretty much I can only do one or the other, not both. Um, and in the beginning. I really did need that so that I could dig myself out of the hole that i would gotten myself into. It was really helpful. Over time, I have increased it from $25 a week to $50 a week to now $75 a week. And so at $75 a week, I can now afford to go out to dinner a few times or I can afford to buy a shirt or a pair of jeans. So it it really did take me time to get to that 300 And I remember telling... Um, Uh, Telling someone who commented on a video, I think that you know it took me time to get to the three hundred, and the person was like, "I don't even understand how you have money left over to have three hundred dollars." So if you're someone who's like three hundred dollars, that's it. Trust me, there there are some of us who are like, "What three hundred dollars? What two hundred dollars?" And you have to do what is working for you. Don't just say three hundred dollars, but you're you're used to spending. $1,000 A $1,000 every month, you know, maybe scale back to 500 and, and reduce from there, but you got to start somewhere, okay? And I, I'm not going to lie to you. My goal is to increase my spending from $300 a month to $400 a month, which is going to give me $100 a week. But I'm in a place where I can afford that and I can do that. But it took time to get here. It genuinely took time to get here. So if you need to start at $25 a week, that's where you got to start. If you can only afford 0 that's where you got to start. And, and I will tell y'all with my $300 a month, once I spend that $75 a week, we are on Netflix and free walks in the park with the dog. OK, like I, I'm not saying, oh, you know, I I spend my $75 a week and then I'm shut in the house. I might be because it's cold up here, but also find free things to do. There are so many free things to do, especially if you are in the DMV. There are free museums Left and right like you can throw a rock and just hit 10 free museums smithsonians all at the same time so google free things to do um see if you can get free tickets from somewhere there we tend to think that you have to spend money whenever you leave the house and that's not true we've been conditioned to believe that and to do that but it's not true so determine the specific amount that you are going to spend on yourself every month and then stick to that this requires discipline and practice. So be intentional about controlling your spending. Number two, your emergency fund. This is so important. In order to live your best life, I mean your very best life, you must have an emergency fund. Y'all, this will give you such a sense of peace. I'm so serious. I can't even, I wish I had the words, wish I had the words. When you know you can go a month or three months or a year without getting any income, but you're still able to afford your lifestyle, you get a little more bold in life. You you get comfortable with taking risk, i.e. investing, right? And when I say you get a little more bold, y'all, when I, when I hit $10,000 um, in my emergency fund, that was like three, I think three months of living expenses for me, right? I would go to work every day waiting for my boss to say something crazy to me. And, and he doesn't because he's a nice individual. Like, you know, he's cool to work with, but I would wait. Like say, you say something to me, sir, I will quit this job today and I will, I will exist for three months with no income. Like you really do get a little more bold. (laughs) You also get comfortable with taking risk. So now I feel more comfortable investing in my money. And I know if y'all have looked at the stock market lately, all of my stocks are down. Everything is down. Like your girl is not making money. But, but I'm okay with that because I'm not dependent today on the money that I've put in the stock market. I'm not dependent today on my, you know, other investments um, in, in my personal real estate and things like that. So you you really have to create an emergency fund so that you can live comfortably. And I love to tell the story, you know, people think that your emergency fund is only when you lose your job. It is not. It is not. Your emergency fund is literally for emergencies. I love to tell the story about the time we got stranded in London and this was in 2017, I believe. We, we fly from Tampa to New York to, to London. Right. It's me, Ash and a, a couple of other friends. We have a good time. The trip is over. We're ready to go. Now, we've been living it up in London. Right. Um, just spending all the coins. And when it's time for us to come back, we like 3 a.m. the morning that it was time for us to fly out, we get a cancellation for our flight from New York to Tampa. So there's some storm happening on the east coast of the U.S. We are like, okay, as long as we can get from London to New York, we can finesse our way from New York to Tampa. We're not concerned about it. It'll be fine. Maybe about an hour later. we get an email that our flight from London to New York has been cancelled. We are devastated. we are in ruins we We are losing it. One of the people on the trip has kids that she has to get back to so of course she is like not feeling this right now. The rest of us are we don't have kids, but we just we want to make sure we get back. We've got jobs we've got dogs like we're not okay so we we are scrambling to get tickets right to to just find any flight and we finally find one and the flight is like five hundred dollars more than our current flight so we are just upset but one of the girls on the trip could not get into her emergency fund for whatever reason i can't remember why she couldn't get into her account so we needed someone who could afford their five hundred dollar ticket and then her five hundred dollar ticket thankfully i had my emergency fund and could cover Both of our tickets to get us back without using credit cards, although that that would have been fine as an option. So you really have to remember that emergency funds are not just for when you lose your job. They're not just for, you know, when you get sick. Emergency funds are used for actual factual emergencies, especially when we are traveling. All kind of crazy stuff happens when we're traveling. So you need to get that emergency fund going. And here's how you're going to do this. The first thing you need to do is write down all of your monthly expenses and get the total. Now, most people's goal is to have between three and six months in their emergency fund. So if your total expenses for the month come up to $2,500, multiply that by three and six to get a range of what your emergency fund should have. Now, take deep breaths because I know that saving $2,500 can be very challenging for some of us and will take an extremely long time just based off of how much money we make and where we are in life. So if you're like Nikki, I I hear what you're saying that I need to save this. But ma'am, it is going to take me a long time because I can only afford to save $25 or $50 or whatever that is. That's okay. I want to take a deep breath. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to focus on saving $500 first. That that is your goal. I don't care what else you thought you were gonna do. Your if you have zero dollars in your emergency fund, your goal is to save five hundred dollars ASAP. ASAP. Once you save that five hundred dollars, not only are you gonna DM me and tell me that you saved five hundred so I can hype you up, you're then going to focus on a thousand dollars. Because saving five hundred might be really challenging for some of us. Saving it, remember, right? We're we're holding onto our cup, we're pouring water into it. We're eliminating the holes. We're not transferring that money back to our checking account. We're, we're saving it. We're putting it away. We're moving on. We're then going to move on to a thousand dollars. We're going to save a thousand dollars. Now I've said this before. Do not stop at a thousand dollars. It is not sufficient. Unless you can tell me that the cost of living for you is a thousand dollars or less, you need to save more money. So for example, um, our, I'll just use our, our mortgage in, um, and are on our townhome, the monthly mortgage is $1,050. So even if I say the $1,000, I would not be able to pay one month of the mortgage on our townhome. That's how I need you all to look at this. You're going to go from $500 to $1,000. When you hit $1,000, you are then going to say, what do I pay every month for my living place, right? Like wherever you live, your your apartment, your condo, your house, whatever it is how much do i pay monthly if it's $1000 great you've hit that if it's 1200 1400 1900 that's your next goal because if nothing else if nothing else if your emergency was losing your job which a lot of us did we encountered that during the pandemic if nothing else you want to be able to afford the roof over your head that's how we're going to look at this so $500 to a thousand dollars, and then we're going to save roof over our head, whatever that number is—fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred, two thousand. If you're in New York, it's probably forty-five thousand dollars a month. You want to save that much, okay? And then from there, you're going to save the rent slash mortgage plus groceries. How much do you spend on groceries every month? Because you want to be able to live and you want to be able to eat. Those are the the two things that we need. A lot of our other bills we can probably eliminate or we can ask for a forbearance or hardship, but those two things you absolutely want to make sure you have. Now, obviously, if you're in a deep emergency, you can use credit cards, but the point of your emergency fund is to avoid using credit cards because what happens when you use a credit card during an emergency? Number one, it signals that you don't have money to take care of your emergency in cash. But number two, now you're going to pay interest on your emergency because you can't afford to pay it off. So we don't want to do that. So when people are like, oh, I have my credit card. You don't. You don't. You don't. Credit cards are not for emergencies. Okay? Hear me when I say that. So when it comes to prioritizing your finances, number one, we are going to control that spending. We're going to patch up the hole in our cup, and we are going to do a damn good job of it. Number two, we're going to do that emergency fund. The emergency fund is such a pivotal step. I don't care what anyone tells you. You you should not be throwing thousands of dollars at your credit card debt or at investments and you have zero dollars to your name, right? You don't have any emergency fund. And and so here's a trap that some people get in. They're like, oh, I'm going to send an extra $500 toward my credit card or my student loans or my card note every month. But they have zero dollars in their emergency fund. So what they're doing is giving the company more money than what they're giving to themselves. And that's not good. And you'll hear people say, oh, pay yourself first. It's the same concept. You need to make sure you have money in your own pockets before you are giving away money to anybody else. So you have to have that emergency fund set up. Now, I I can honestly make that an episode in and of itself. So I'm just going to move on because I I feel like y'all got the point on that one. (laughs) So Number three, you are now going to pay off high interest debt, i.e. credit cards. Okay. Credit card interest is draining us. This is, this is like another hole in our, in our financial stability cup, right? The average interest rate on credit cards is 16.13%. That is a lot. That is a lot of money that we are just losing every month. We're just, it's disappearing. It's going to another country. We need to pay off high interest credit card debt because we're just losing money on these credit cards So we're going to create a plan to pay off our credit cards. And that, once we pay off our credit cards, like Bree, Bree is going to be our example, once we pay off our credit cards like Bree, that's going to free up additional income in our budget. So so sometimes our goal is to create additional income for ourselves. One way to do that is to pay off some of the debts that we have, i.e. credit cards. Think about it. If every month the minimum payment on your credit card is, I'm going to say hundred dollars It's $100. Every month in your budget, you have a line item for $100 to go to your credit card. Now, let's say you're at a point where you're like, okay, my spending is under control. My emergency fund is looking like something. Um, I'm ready to send extra money toward my credit card. And you're now sending an additional $300 every month towards your credit card. Every month, you're sending out $400 just towards your credit card. When you pay that credit card off, that $400 is going to stay in your budget. It's yours now. You get to do with it what you want. That's one way to create additional income in your budget. But not only is paying off credit cards like Brie going to create additional income in your budget, it's also going to increase your credit score and decrease your debt to income ratio, which is going to be important for when you're buying a house. So, this is going to be important. I recommend using the um, the debt snowball method to get that momentum going. And what it is, is you start paying off your smallest debt and then you work your way up to the larger debts. And once you pay off one credit card, two credit cards, like once you start to pay this stuff off, you will feel liberated. OK, there's really no other way for me to describe this. You will feel liberated. With this step, you can also consider paying off your car and any personal loans that you have. Now, please note, I I write this down in your Black Girl Budget notebook that Nikki said, you can pay off debt and invest at the same time. But that is also a discussion for another episode. (laughs) Now, after you've paid off your high-interest credit cards, there are a number of ways to organize your goals. And this is different for every person based on your financial situation. You really want to focus on investing for retirement and investing in general. The more time you have to invest the money, the more money you will likely have in retirement. So, for example, if you start investing in 2022, and let's say you retire in 2032, That was 10 years for your money to grow versus if we start investing in 2022 and we retire in 2062. I don't know. That's 40 years for your money to grow. Right. So the difference between the growth in 10 years and 40 years could be a million dollars, honestly, probably more than that. So you want to make sure that you are giving yourself time for your money to grow. Start with investing in your company's retirement plan, whatever that might be. 401K, 403B, um, some people still have pensions, whatever that is, start with that. Um, if your uh, employer does not have a retirement plan, consider opening an IRA. I personally like the Roth IRA, but the tax benefit, you might be better off going with a traditional IRA. So really look into that. And then you can also open a separate brokerage account, right? So do your research to determine how you want to invest, and what you can afford to invest. There are so many ways to organize your financial goals, and it really does depend on your situation. But first, you have to reel in your spending. If nothing else, you have to reel in your spending first and foremost. You also have to get that emergency fund looking like something so you're comfortable with paying off debt and investing. You also want to make sure you aren't giving companies all of your money and you have none to your name. Debt management and debt elimination looks different for all of us. So focus on eliminating the high interest debt, the old debt, the debt that's in collections, or the emotionally tied debts, and then move on to your investing. Or you can invest while paying off debt if you can't afford to do both. Then get yourself a good investment strategy. There are so many books out there, and there's YouTube, University. Even if investing scares you, just start reading into where to start how to invest, what to invest in, and what does it look like. That's going to be really helpful for you down the road when you're in a better position to invest. Prioritizing your financial goals will make the process so much easier. And go back to episode two of the podcast for this season and do the writing exercise from Brian Tracy that we talk about because that will also help you prioritize your financial goals. So really take a moment to decide, If if my goal is to beef up my emergency fund and I have another goal to pay off a credit card, you're going to focus on the emergency fund first. If you have a bunch of credit cards and your goal is to pay them all off, then do the snowball method. And you can Google this debt payoff snowball method. Start with the smallest and pay that off and then work your way up to the biggest. That's how you're going to prioritize your goals. And it's just going to make it so much easier because sometimes we don't know where to start but once you know how to prioritize your goals, it's like a to-do list. You just check them off. You just cross, and there I get dopamine from crossing stuff off my to-do list. So if you're that person, this is going to be really beneficial for you. All right. Now, I do have some really good news. Um and this is um speaking of episode 2 of this season. So, if you guys remember in in episode two, we talk about a writing exercise by Brian Tracy that he recommends, and I just told y'all to go check out episode two so here's Here's why you need to go check out episode two. If you guys remember in that episode, I tell you that one of my goals for twenty twenty two was to become a landlord a rapidly like of the ten goals that I wrote down, I felt like becoming a landlord would be the most beneficial for me um based off of all the other goals that I had. So I wanted to do that ASAP. Guess who's a landlord? Yes. Yes. We are officially landlords, y'all. We have tenants in our town home in Florida. Um, much love to the realtor who helped us find a tenant expeditiously. <laughs> And the rental unit is actually income producing. So I'll keep you all posted on what I'm doing with the additional income. But I want you all to go back to episode two, because that writing exercise is so helpful. Um I, I wrote down, you know, all the steps, I did everything that Ryan Tracy recommends, and then I executed. And again, we talk about execution in one of the earlier episodes this season. So go check that out as well. But You want to make sure that you are prioritizing your goals and you're focusing on what you need to do first so that later outcomes will be more beneficial for you. So um, if you have not already tried the writing exercise from episode two, I don't know what you're waiting for. So go do it. Um, It's really helpful. Write it out in your black girl budget notebook. So that way it's all in one spot with your budgets and with your goals and you can come back to it and update it and follow up so like this episode and comment on the thing that resonated with you the most and as always happy budgeting